Namaskar and welcome to Daily Global Insights, episode 300. We could not have done this without your support. And from the bottom of our heart, me and Sridhar, we would like to thank you for your strong, unwavering support. And we urge you to like this program as soon as you start watching it so it can go viral. Today is Tuesday, the 21st of December. And here are the main points. Sridharji, Namaskar and welcome to P Guru's channel, sir. As always, a pleasure to have you as a host. Namaskar. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Today marks the 300th episode. So we've had a long and wonderful run uh, thus far. And uh, as you rightly mentioned, Sriji, this wouldn't have been possible without the support, the feedback that we have received uh, from a number of our viewers. And we look forward to your continued uh, as we build and consolidate uh, and deliver better outcomes as we move forward uh, with daily global insights. And uh, Germany calls for an aggressive border campaign as it believes that vaccines may not control Omicron. Omicron, Omicron, we're, we're going to call it as O, just makes it easier. Israel adds Canada, United States and eight other nations to the O list. Sridharji, there is something that I read that the booster of Moderna seems to be quite effective against O. Uh, have you been getting some information like this about specific vaccines efficiency towards this O? Well, I think at this stage, uh, you, as you have rightly pointed out, uh, Moderna uh, seems to have, uh, at least early research indicates better efficacy uh, relative to its response, uh, responsiveness to the specific um, a strand of virus, but it's early days. Uh, you know, you always find these types of news pop up and then uh, soon the news dissipates. What is clear thus far is um, that two doses of vac, two doses that were given uh, has quickly turned ineffective to combat this virus. The boosters seem to have, uh, you know, some amount of effectiveness. Uh, this is based on the early research, but there is nothing conclusive. Uh, as you rightly pointed out, Moderna uh, seems to have a slight edge. Clearly, Johnson & Johnson has been declined. We don't have much data around the AstraZeneca. Uh, we have also heard some breaking news that Covishield may become ineffective after three months against uh, its ability to combat this specific virus. These are all the data that is coming in. What is also clear based on UK is even those who have been given booster doses, which would only imply AstraZeneca, they have all contracted uh, this specific strand of virus. And the good news, I, if, I have, if I have to call it good news, is seems to be that the symptoms are pretty mild and may not require hospitalization. You may have to just stay at home until this thing goes away. This is also what we are hearing from Africa, which is where the O started. So we'll have to wait and see. Like you said, it is early days. And let's take a quick look at what's happening in and around the United States. As cases grow, New York is expected to top 120,000 cases per day by the first week of 
January 22. O variant now accounts for over 73% of new cases. Sir, are you happy that you left New York? Uh, <laughs> I'm reasonably, I mean, I've not left New York, but I'm happy that, you know, I am temporarily out of New York. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I think, you know, there's lots of friends, there's lots of family, there's concern because... I, know, and I was just doing it in jest. I was just meaning it in jest. No, no, of no, course no, we are no. going to go back. No way. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think that the, the we lived through the first strand. Uh, we lived all of 2020 and most of 2021. I think it's been a very harrowing experience, notwithstanding uh, the uh, whatever one may want to call the lethality or the or the uh, toxic toxicity of the specific uh, virus uh, viruses you know it has caused a lot of uh, strife and pain there's almost uh, you know fear that grips the minds of the people but i think there is one thing which is good relative to where we were in march april 2020 is or even june 2020 is we have a lot more data and the doctors are extremely confident that they can deal with this issue. But having said that, these gyrations that go on up, down, up, down uh, with new variants coming in and going out uh, is not very positive because again, we have discussed it in DGI. Until and unless they get to the root cause of where and how these viruses emanate and how they're getting transmitted and how it is contracted by various people and you know come with some kind of mechanism to address this we will continue to have these problems i had i just saw the head of who make a statement by end of 2022 you know we will be uh, we would have conquered uh, you know covid you know how does he make the statement what's it, what's the basis of his data uh, when we have had nothing but streams of this thing coming in uh, sriji and yes, nobody knows. And, and I think that's a sort of like a false uh, promise. So we'll have to wait and see. But effective, uh, you know, battling has to happen and there will be a few more doses. Listen, I mean, I have to let viewers know, listen, flu has been around for donkey's years. And yet we go and get a flu shot every year. And the flu shot changes. They keep changing it. So the, the new normal is that you need to have something like this to combat until you find out how this got started in the first place, which including the Biden administration is not uh, willing to do, do. So this is this is one of the core problems. And until you find out how these things originated, you know, there's, there's really, there's no way you can completely eradicate it. This is just my view. And let's go on to the next one as this is concerning China. China steps up aggression as it seeks to lead new world order with its loyalists sweeping the HK legislative elections and using loans as a mechanism to push its political and military objectives in Africa and Latin America. This 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 East China company now this has become an all pervasive phenomenon, sir. Thank God the world is round. It can't go and conquer any new lands. Well, I think that it may not uh, conquer new lands, but as you rightly paraphrased it, East China Company, uh, their aggressive postures have not abated. Uh, we have had an election called a farce in Hong Kong, where less than 30% of the people have voted. The qualification is that you have to own allegiance and 
not only to China, but to the party. So this is called as the so-called democracy. And this particular nation still sits in United Nations, sits in critical uh, global bodies, and people still think that you know they are a democratic force or a non-democratic force, or they are a compulsive force to be part of the global ecosystem. And let's let's not you know talk about COVID and the resulting issues that has emanated uh, around the world. And you can see both in Latin America as well as in you know uh, as in Africa, they are using this what you call as the stick and stick method. They give loans and then they hold them accountable and then they influence through the power brokerage that they yield by virtue of the financials uh, financial pressure they exert on the countries again this is another thing that the world has accepted as a norm and continues to trade how they are still part of a wto how they are out to do what they are what they are doing is uh, beyond comprehension Absolutely. And viewers, at 9 p.m. IST, we are going to go live with Elmer Yuan on some of the new developments in China as Xi starts battling the deep state of China, or I should say the deep state of China has started taking Xi on. There are lots of new developments. We'll share those with you. Do tune in and, and we look forward to your support for that program too. Now, the United Kingdom, United States, expressed concerns after the Hong Kong elections, including the members of the Five Eyes Alliance, the U.S. wants banks in Hong Kong as it lists five more Chinese officials in the sanctions list. Sridharji, do we have the names of these officials? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Uh, so U.S. is, uh, US is warning uh, the banks, especially not, most notably the United States banks, which still has operations in Hong Kong, as it transacts and conducts business to be wary and to be careful uh, of uh, the regime's implants uh, who, who hold a number of businesses and they could be violating the global rules and norms. So this is the warning that the U.S. is, uh, US is uh, issuing to the banks because they could come up for if these if these individuals are sanctioned and they are uh, transacting with the U.S. bank, potentially creating problems for those financial institutions uh, there is there is everything there's there's problems right across as far as china and hong kong is concerned and i think this is a runaway wreck when china decided to violate the democratic norms and suspended all the independent thinking legislators democratic legislators and and conducted the elections in hong kong with only its supporters and Russia warns of military invasion as fears grow of a Christmas invasion of Ukraine. Sridharji, Crimea was explained away as saying that people who speak Russian happen to live there and, and there was a referendum and that the people opted to join Russia. What is the logic or what is the uh, explanation for Putin to say that they want to annex Ukraine? The, their objective of uh, annexation of Ukraine is, is threefold. First and foremost is controlling the gas pipelines which goes through Ukraine uh, into Europe. Number two is that Ukraine remains a kind of a renegade regime and they've been using uh, you know, dissenting forces within Ukraine to rebel against the government. Why? 
because they would like to control that entire Baltic Sea and have unhindered access and control to the waters so that there can be no pressure exerted by NATO with a neighbor just right around its corner. So this is what is driving and possibly influenced by what is happening with lack of leadership in the world, most notably United States, to conquer territories, which it believes uh, were as a result of American intent intervention during that period with the Russian administration in some capacity uh, when the disruptions occurred and Russia got, uh, you know, splintered into multiple countries. Sridharji, I wanted to circle back to Hong Kong for a minute because uh, something just struck my mind. So the Biden administration, and I, I'm not going to talk about other countries, Biden, I mean, United States is the big 800-pound gorilla in the room. The Biden administration has many arrows in its quiver. And to me, the Brahmastra is the delinking of the Hong Kong dollar vis-a-vis -vis the US dollar. Because once that happens, economic model kind of collapses, in my opinion. Do you think Biden would use that to win the 2022 you know, midterm? Uh, do you see that thing happening? What are your thoughts, sir? No, I think by the, the uh, anything that is to do with um, the Hong Kong dollar or Chinese renminbi will create catastrophic implications to global financial markets. The reason is still China is the largest trading partner of United States. We covered one story, which is Apple, and it's uh, the tentacles of Apple within China. And uh, still, China is one of the largest suppliers of goods, and the U.S. and U.S. retail is reliant on the Chinese supplies. So any change that financially hurts um, either the currency or um, the banning of the currency or delinking of the currency will have a significant implications because the world financial systems are not modeled for these types of seismic changes. There is a very close tie-up once you agree, and then there is zillions of dollars of trade and market uh, activities that continue to happen um, you know, seamlessly with less political interference. So even a hint could rattle the markets? When a hint will rattle the markets, also will have significant implications in terms of the supply chain uh, to, to within the United States. You are already seeing uh, what the consequences of the implications of the supply chains as is and as it stands and the price pressures and the inflation that we are seeing in the U.S. market. And there is no magic bullet to release Afghan funds once a U.S. official potentially tilting the nation further towards China. Sridharji, do you think the Chinese are really interested in Afghanistan? Because there are two schools of thought here, sir. One school says that it is impossible to extract the natural resources from Afghanistan uh, because that's the only thing that they have got. And, and the other two sides say, no, it's all you know in big mountains. It is easy to excavate uh, and do mining. Which school do you ascribe to, sir? Well, I, I mentioned this repeatedly, including on this so-called 
a theory about uh, you know trillions of dollars of worth of uh, resources uh, hiding under the um, Afghanistan land. You know, I am not a subscriber to that. But what the China will do is, United States have committed a mon monumental blunder of vacating the Bagram Air Base. They have lost the security plot. They have also lost the security plot around specific areas where they had the United States Air Force and equipment present. That also they have given away. So China doesn't need to put money. China just needs to say, okay, I'll give you some money, some aid by way of not cash, but way of food and other things. But you have to listen to me and I dictate your policy. All that's all they need to do. The security apparatus uh, will now be controlled by China. I think that's where this is heading. Not there is a significant amount of, uh, you know, nickel or uh, lithium that are hiding under the Afghanistan soil that China believes it can extract. Um, Sridharji, again, this is something that I've men heard mentioned in passing that it doesn't matter who's helping Afghanistan, that they're payroll for government, armed forces, and so on, has to be supported by this benefactor, whether it was Russia when they invaded Afghanistan or the United States until they left. It was the foreign power that was making sure that the salaries were being paid on time and so on and so forth. So that, you know, what you just mentioned, saying that China might give resources but not money, I am not so sure that would work out, sir, because... Uh, I'm hearing that many government officials, bank officials have not been paid in months. The only country that has paid cash during the occupation or the footprint in Afghanistan is United States. Billions and billions and billions of dollars flooded the system funded by US taxpayer how much of it is spent into the system and how much of it was swindled by people in between, we don't know. But the fact of the matter is significant amount of money was flushed into the system. This is cash. Okay. And much of it was also used for some of the reconstruction and other work that happened outside of Kandahar. Kandahar remained outside the perimeter and still Afghan uh, or the Taliban forces seem to have controlled and occupied the Kandahar region. So the fact of the matter is when you mentioned Russia or China, none of them spent the amount of money because none of them had the resources to spend the money. They probably selectively gave some parts of some people the money, but they effectively controlled the power structure, which is the reason why that Afghanistan has remained underdeveloped and has remained uh vastly uneducated uh by virtue of you know i could be i could be wrong but when you look at some of the fundamental laws uh you know all those things only changed in the last 20 years post 9 11 and much of it came from us and the european nations did not give money but they gave limited aid and they gave support by way of boots on the ground but the cash came from united states Thank you for that clarification and let's move on to India news. Prime Minister Modi speaks with Russian President Vladimir Putin as a follow-up to his December 6th meeting on bilateral ties and international developments. 
Central Asia and Afghanistan perhaps also featured in the discussion. Sridharji, there is more going on here than meets the eye. Uh, again, viewers, tune in for our 9 p.m. show and we'll give you all the information about that. Your thoughts, sir? My thoughts around the discussions between Mr. Modi and uh, Mr. Putin is that uh, it's very clear that Biden is distracted with domestic issues, is more focused on BBB, Build Back Better, um, and this space is being occupied by Russia. So there is Russia and Ukraine, I'm sure that featured in the discussion. Then there's Russia and India, that S-500 probably featured in the discussion. What is happening with the foreign ministers of Central Asia? Most recently, they were there last weekend and they held discussions on trade and security. So that's of concern, that's of uh, importance to Mr. Putin. So he probably, they covered that specific topic. Needless to say, they are talking about Afghanistan and potential implications. So this is all uh, what they would have covered because otherwise there was no necessity for Mr. Modi and Mr. Putin closely on the heels of the December 6th meeting. And Prime Minister Modi meets with the CEOs of Indian industry as budget discussions get underway in India. The Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman says banks have recovered close to 13,000 crores from the sale of assets of defaulters like Nirav Modi and Vijay Malia. There's a story about this on P-Gurus that you can get all the details. Sridharji, if you ask some of these fleeing industrialists that did you get all the money that you were sanctioned, they will smirk and say, oh yeah, right. We didn't, we got less than 40%, 50%. Somebody else took the remaining off the top. Now, I had asked this question rhetorically. What about all those people who facilitated the loans? Do you see any hope that some of the UPA era politicians will be made to cough up their part of these things? Uh, enforcement is something that is not the DNA of the Indian ecosystem, sir. How, many, how much of enforcement has occurred in India? It is basically, um, uh, you know, we are seeing what you call some silver lining amongst the dark clouds uh, to see at least whatever they have recovered. Uh, going back and recovering money from the politicians, um, you know, you know better than I do as far as the Indian system and structure is concerned, Sriji. It's not going to happen. You know, there was there was this person called Neera Radia who knew that she was going to be investigated. Two days before that happens, she's already fled to London. But your reports are that she has come back. But when, when you hear such news, that means there's some frantic risk you know, restructuring, whatever you want to call it, of assets and so on and so forth. It just blows my mind how India leaks like a seed. But anyway, we have to always hope for the best. Let's see where that goes. As all cases rise, India vaccinates 1.386 billion doses, 830 million single doses, and 556 million fully vaccinated. India's active cases are at 79.097, down uh, 3,000 to the prior day. That is 79,317, I beg your pardon. Democrats refuse to accept Build Back Better 1.75 trillion deficit and vow to come back in 2022 with votes in the bank. This is on the back of the 4 trillion asset purchase programs by the Fed, 
5.73 trillion legislative stimulus programs, 886 administrative programs. Sridharji, this, um, you know, one guy had the guts and the temerity, whatever you want to call it, to stop Biden on his tracks. Joe Manchin. Well, it's clearly, it's very commendable that, uh, you know, he he exerted, uh, he said, I'm not buying into this. And I gather that there is few more Democrats who may join uh, Mr. Manchin. Well, cinema to, has, yes. Yeah, yeah the cinema has, and there's few more. Uh, uh, you know, Kirsten, I think is, yeah. So there's few more, uh, you know, both from House as well as from the Senate, likely to join the ranks with Mr. Manchin. Uh, to stop this uh, train wreck. But one must also say that there is tremendous amount of pressure being exerted by the progressive groups. It's quite astonishing. We gave you a highlight number. We haven't still had this session on because of 1.75 trillion. Which way it's going, we don't know. I think they're going to take it up. But we'll soon have end of the year or early new year. We'll probably have run you down, run down the numbers when you look at the amount of money, close to $7 trillion has been put into the system in a very short span of time. The amount of debt that United States is going to build in this particular decade will be equal to the debt that they piled on almost you know, since the last 30, 40 years. That is the level of debt that is being added to the balance sheet of the U.S. Um, economic system. Everybody seems to think a debt is something that's that's fine. As long as the interest costs are low, we'll be able to fund it. But that's not very good news. And I think this is why some of the people like Manchin are waking up. And this will take United States debt from 28 trillion today to 36 to 38 trillion by 2030. This is excluding the new Biden proposals, my goodness. And now liberals are calling for abolishing the current Senate design of two seats, two seats per state with allocation designed by population so populous states can have more influence. I don't see any chance of any of these things happening, Sridharji, because there is a certain formula that all both these parties have perfected, <laughs> you know, gerrymandering being one of them. I don't think they want any changes there. I, this is just my hopes, my take on this, Sridharji. You, do you think that the, the two senators per state will change? Well, the, what it is laying down is what is to come rather than what may happen tomorrow. Okay, there's a very important data point which we will cover that the number of people in United States who are likely to be added to the population from illegal and legal to legal migrants now and in the next three, four years is an astronomical number that could tilt the favor that could tilt in favor of the Democrats, which gives them unilateral powers to make changes that can take United States from a capitalistic structure to a much more socialistic type of a model, which is the agenda of the progressives. These are all points for people to ponder as to what is to come in the future rather than tomorrow. Sridharji, just a question of the left field. Is it illegal to bribe the voters in the United States? 
it's illegal to bribe but there is an emotional sympathy you give them free aid you give them free loans you wave off this you wave off that you normalize advance the process so you win the emotional sympathy who wouldn't want to have you know you know free credits for education and uh, free uh, child care allowance um, you know employment um, you know employment uh, sorry holiday payments during the time uh, you know you need to attend to the children etc all state funded who would not want such a structure because they don't need to pay for it under those systems who is the person who is going to be advocating that without concerns around the debt and who is the person who is going to be not saying hey you tax all these people who can pay taxes and uh, you give us the money uh, you want an example chile which has got chile which has got uh, a very high per capita of close to ten thousand dollars suddenly has got a 35 year old leader who has just won the elections on a socialistic agenda uh, so therefore uh, world is very clearly believing that there has to be a distribution of wealth without an economic activity they believe that it is the right so this thing and, is going to, yeah sorry no 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 I, i'm sorry i thought you were done with your point so please finish your thought no i think this is where uh, this is where the broadly this population is heading uh, when you have you know minimum guaranteed income flowing into your system so viewers i am planning a hangout with a noted economist on the long term effects of freebies what happens to the long term effects effects when you keep giving freebies over an extended period of time which is what india united kingdom united states many other countries are doing to ride over this pandemic now we are already seeing at least in the united states that the workers are refusing to come back to work citing corona and there can there will always be a o there'll be a p there'll be a q there'll be a z then they'll start back with a a a b and so on and so forth so this is there's got to be a major spiral if you will as the the shrinking taxpayer base will be not able to support all these taxation things that dreams that wet dreams that these people are having that they can make sure they pay for what essentially is uh, you know uh, illegal immigration and freebies and I, I just can't go on but anyway this is just our prediction so stay tuned we will give you the information on that you can ask questions on uh, um, the economics of it and so on and so forth it will be a very good talk next Democrats blame Biden for not addressing the student loan waiver issue. See, this this is like a, a trillion dollar market or something of that size, isn't it? The money that they collect from all the interest that uh, the students pay while they try to pay, pay off their loan. The uh, student loans is now is around one point six trillion dollars. Um, it is the second largest line item. It used to be less than trillion dollars. Um, by order of hierarchy, uh, mortgages constitute the biggest, uh, followed by it used to be auto loans and then the credit cards and then the student loans. Uh, so now clearly mortgages are the number one. They are not going to change. Student loans has risen uh, to a very big number for two reasons. One, uh, it's an accrual. Interest has been added to the principal because many people interest have been interest have been waived not waived uh, interest have been added and there's no default penalties it just gets piled up on the principal and circumstances such as this doesn't uh, you know 
uh, help, uh, particularly COVID, and that further adds to the aggravation. So there's a consistent pattern that comes that comes from the progressives that students who own at least ten thousand dollars should be waived, fifteen thousand dollars to be waived, fifty thousand dollars of the loan should be waived. But who is going to fund it? No, simply add it to the the debt, and we'll figure out how that gets funded through the interest cost. So this is the uh, this is the situation. Just on Sriji's previous point, the United States has got the highest tax base. Um, and so the question of the tax base is not the issue. The issue is going to be how much of the tax collected is going to be funding non-economic activities, especially already when you have a gap between receipts and expenses. Unlike many nations, United States does have a very high percentage of taxpayers, both in dollar volume as well as the number of people contributing to the tax. But it is the uncontrolled spending by through wars, through other kinds of activities. Now with Democrats, the social welfare programs is what is hurting the U.S. economic system. And the gaps left in the wall after the Trump exit now to be completed by the Department of Homeland Security after one year of illegal entries. A massive surge in foreign-born population as 46 million people today are foreign-born, which is about 14.7% of the United States population. You know, Sridharji, this is something that is a sore point because you have been, uh, you know, stressing this again and again. Not only did they allow people unchecked, they also did not check them, check them for COVID. What a blunder! And 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 then afterwards, you know, as an afterthought, the president says, "Oh, vice president, you go and manage it." The vice president doesn't even bother to visit the the border. It's it, it's just a joke, cruel joke on the public of uh, United United States. Now. Now they are doing the same thing that um, Trump had advocated. So then is this not accepting defeat that these guys were wrong all along? No, I don't think the Democrats accept defeat on anything. They, they have not accepted defeat on the $1.75 trillion. They have not accepted defeat on the filibuster. They have not accepted defeat on anything. They see that as one event versus the, another event. Uh, the fact that they allowed everybody in, and now uh, they suddenly realize that they have to close seal the border. I don't know whether it's a political statement or political event leading up to 2022 elections with uh, Biden having significant challenges. Uh, you know, this all seems to be like band-aids. It's got no thinking behind it. And Biden's approval rating sinks to 41% and amongst independents to 29% from 54% in 2020. So clearly Biden is up against it. And, and I don't think he is going to be the face behind which these people are going to uh, go for re-election. I'm just curious whether Democrats are going to go more and more with, you know, finding people who can, you know, command a bank of voters, vote bank, and then say, okay, put this person up. Yeah, this person's IQ isn't exactly, uh, you know, hitting IQ of uh, a Harvard-educated person, but they will get you the seat. I, I, I hope and I fear that that's what is going to happen. I hope I'm wrong, sir. I think the Progressive Caucus, in my humble view, is going to win the day uh, because the floodgates are open. There's number of people in. Uh, 
Um, I just heard that 20,000 people have been given temporary work permits uh, that will automatically convert. Uh, then there is close to 1.5 million people have been given um, either citizenship or they have been given permanent residency, the highest number uh, last this year. So you're beginning to see traction of this uh, humongous change in the immigration policy as well as the, the treatment of what you call illegal versus legal uh, immigrants. So this is all this all implying the floodgates are being opened or the floodgates have already been opened. So unless there is a dramatic shift in the mindset of the people, I think that the, the, the tide is already beginning to swing. And now let's take a look at the markets. Sridharji, uh, your predictions for the markets in this reduced week and perhaps one or two trading days in the next week. I think the markets will continue to gyrate uh, or the market, the volatility. Uh, today, as I got, got, we got into this program, uh, you know, the market, the futures were up. The future, Yesterday, they were down close to 400 points. Um, so the story is that this will go on predicated by the sentiments and the day's news. Um, you know, on one day, people say, okay, you know, we accept this virus. We accept the inter three interest rates like next year. And whatever little money that is left uh, for trading uh, by players who are still trading uh, goes into the system and gives you an uh, give, gives an uplift in the market. But the overarching headline is when you look at uh, either Dow or S&P, S&P is up around 24% uh, including when you take in the dividend. The Dow is up around 16-17%. Uh, the Nasdaq is up around 15-16%. You know, the interest rates are up. Uh, you know, close to 54, 55%. The oil is up and, you know, people who look at India specifically, when you look at the energy prices up 48, 49%, the way we started this year, including the cryptos. Uh, Ethereum is up at an astronomical percentage and the Bitcoin is up, uh, you know, close to 75, 74%, even at this depressed level of 48,000. So what you have seen is that if you have not booked your profit, uh well you know it's still very little time left and you can still book your profits the numbers have played out and what you may see is uh you know falls or modest rises as we wrap up the year purely because many people have gone on holidays or forced to be locked down because of the the virus situation in many states and that's it for today and we'll be back again tomorrow with more news thanks for watching do share like and subscribe to our channel namaskar namaskar thank you so much again thanks so much for your support and uh, and uh, thank you and have a wonderful day and have a wonderful evening depending on which time zone you are in